Time just drifts away And as I look back on the years Memories of happiness and bitter tears Through it all there was a common thread That cannot be ignored You were there teaching me to be your son Take your Bibles, if you would, to Proverbs chapter 4. Proverbs chapter 4. Many of you know this, maybe most of you, by far most of you know this, on Thursdays and Fridays I take the whole day and I'm home. Uh, my wife goes to work and I stay home and work. I have an office separate from the house where all my books are my computer and various things I use, and then I uh, get with God and begin to, of course, I'm, I, feel, I, I really understand uh, pray without ceasing. That is where you're walking with God moment by moment, day by day. He's right here. He's in me. We're talking the Holy Spirit of God, hopefully. Uh, uh, I'm not a grieved or offended at a place he won't talk to you. You can do that. You can live in such a way God shuts you off uh, he won't answer your prayer, Psalm 66, 18. You regard iniquity in your heart. You separate yourself basically from God. Even as a born-again believer, he, then he, he kind of tries to get your attention as a believer and bring some uh, Hebrews chapter 12 in on your life and see if he can get you to come back home, get your attention, do the right thing. My mom did the same thing. Dad did the same thing. I like they'd, get, they'd grab me by the neck, jerk me around a little bit sometimes. It was the best thing ever happened. Uh, thank him for it, and uh, God does that. Uh, he grabs us around and shakes us up a little bit, brings things into our lives that bring us to our knees. Uh, wish I could tell you that you're going to learn to be a Christian without pain, but you, you cannot learn uh, what God wants us to learn without pain. You have to have it. Pain is part of the process. It's part of the learning process, the humbling process, because we're so proud so full of ourselves that God has to bring things in that break you right to your knees and uh, give you a team spirit. Isn't that what basic training basically does? takes all these individuals and makes them a unit. And they, if you know what goes on at basic, they do all of that to lack of sleep, keep you up, don't let you sleep much, get you in the mind of being a unit, not, not individual, each individual soldier, but a unit that operates together. And God wants us to be, uh, we're part of his body. We are his body. He's the head, we're the body. Some of us are hands, some of us are feet, different, you know, we're all different parts of the body. Romans 12 argues through that whole thing and, and, and uh, talks about one part can't say the other part. You have no need of you, you know. Some, some, some Christian, <laughs> one Christian may sit over there and one may sit over here and say, well, he's, I don't think he's useful, but God, God uses all kinds of different Christians, doesn't he, for his service? And so we go on here. Let me read verse, verse 10 through 15 and talk to you about uh, the difference, uh, if I may put it that way, between resisting temptation and avoiding temptation. Or um, I could retitle this a couple, two, three titles. I wrestled sometimes with the titles on these. But it, it is a key to our long-term survival. Uh, what the Bible, what I'm going to go over tonight in Scripture is a key to your, it's one of the keys to your long-term survival as a Christian. Uh, Hear, O my son, and receive my sayings, the years of thy life shall be many. 
I have taught thee in the way of wisdom. I have led thee in the right paths. When thou goest, thy steps shall not be straightened, and when thou runnest, thou shalt not stumble. Take fast hold of instruction. Let her not go. Keep her, for she is thy life. Enter not to the path of the wicked. Go not in the way of the evil man, of evil men. And the verse, the text verse here, verse 15, this way of evil men that he's talking about, he says, avoid it, pass not by it, turn from it, and pass away. Father, we pray tonight that you would communicate as only the Spirit of God can. Please come, in Jesus' name, amen. Oftentimes, as a pastor, uh, you hear things. You're like, you're like the emergency doctor, Dr. Works Emergency Room. Uh, we've had members here that were nurses at the emergency room, and they saw things that you'd never even think happened. But they would see them on a fairly regular basis. One of them was roaches in the ear. He said people come in screaming and yelling and going crazy because a roach will crawl in the ear and scratch up against your eardrum. He says the pain is excruciating. And when the, and worse than that's a beetle. He's even seen a beetle with a pincher go up against the eardrum to dig through it. And, of course, they come in in craziness. They come in crazy, he said. And he's just seen stuff. And I suppose as a pastor you get a little bit of that, that we hear of a lot of trouble. We hear a lot of failures. Uh, inordinately, just like that uh, emergency room doctor sees an inordinate amount of, of people putting their eyes out and people cutting their hands off and people cutting their fingers off. Maybe you've only known a few people, but you ask one of those boys that works third shift, 11 to 7, uh, as, as a emergency room doctor, he has seen stuff over and over and over and over, knifings and stabbings and shootings and stuff. You may never even have known one of those to happen, but it doesn't mean they're not going on. Christians are failing on our right hand and on our left. I, I'm not saying lost. I'm not saying they, they get unsaved and go to hell. I'm talking about their testimony is destroyed because of the sin they've allowed to come into their lives. And I often walk up here and preach sick of heart. You hopefully don't see it, don't know it. It does sometimes come through. A preacher gets sick of heart at those who have fallen and given into temptation. I often walk around, really, to be honest with you, uh, stricken with grief in my soul for the long-time consequences that are going to be paid by a few moments of giving in to temptation. I'm horrified at the damage of the reputation of Jesus Christ. It seems like very few people care about Jesus Christ and his reputation. They care about their reputation. They care about all these people saying anything about them and all this other stuff. Well, what about Jesus? What about Jesus' reputation? Because you are, as a child of God, you carry his name on you. Uh, uh, you carry his name. And it makes a difference when you carry somebody's name. My dad used to say, don't do anything that you would shame my name in this town, Elkhart. He'd say, don't do anything in this town that would shame me, son. Um, I'm in pain oftentimes that the, children's, the children of these people, sometimes they have children when they fail, and the damage... Basically, the, the, what screams to their children is Christianity is fluff. 
that Christianity is PC. Christianity is just uh, a bunch of ho holy holy rollers getting together, talking up, singing up, but nothing really has uh, changed because look at what just happened to my mom or look at what just happened to my dad. I mean, as, as sometimes marriage is split. I'm talking about born-again people getting divorced. Should not be named once among us. I spent a major portion of my life informing and warning people how to avoid and flee from temptation. I spend my, my uh, just led by God, I believe, to just help people to avoid it. My nickname in, the, in my, my secular life is Mr. Safety. I laid for covering for 17 years, hung around people, and they would say, oh, my ears going to safety. They'd call me Mr. Safety. I'd end up getting a, a name. Remember when we used to have CBs? CBs, Mr. Safety. Used to have handles, they called it when you ran the CBs. But uh, even around this church, I'm constantly looking, making sure there's a sign out there, slow children, talking about your kids. Uh, you know, I, I mean, uh, I, I'm putting up, I'm putting up signs to try to slow people down. I'm, we're putting light out. We're, we're adding lights that, that, that are constantly. We don't have any dark spots. And, and you know, we're going to great lengths constantly. We want to make sure you don't have anything to trip over. Uh, but, Mr. Safety, but that goes right into my spiritual gift, too. That I, I am constantly, I'm concerned about you, that you do not fail in this Christian walk. And I mean catastrophically fail. It's horrible. Many rings of, of consequences go out against it. How many of you, the questions I ask sometimes in my mind, how many of you uh, will be next year's uh, failures? How many of you here tonight will be next year's failures? You say it's awful negative. Well, life is negative. you got to wake up and smell the roses. I'm so tired of all this PC Politically correct. You got to can't say anything because it harms somebody somewhere. Sometime. When are we ever going to get down and start talking the truth? I think a lot of people thought they were going to make it. They thought they were going to tough it out. Thought you were going to, thought maybe old preacher Bill was overkill Bill. Another one, my nickname. I have some nicknames I don't even know. Some, some, some of you may be thinking, oh, preacher, you overkill, overkill. What you're doing is not really necessary. But you think that others are struggling, maybe it won't be you. But I believe you've you got to be careful about that. When you think you stand, beware lest you fall. I don't think you ought to ever think that you're going to stand. I think you ought to think you're going to fall. And if you think you're going to fall, then you make preparations not to fall, and you won't fall. But it's when you think you're going to stand, you don't make preparations, and so you do fall. Makes sense to you. I'm not going to get bit by a rattlesnake if I don't walk with barefooted in my yard at night. Now, he may come up through the vent of the toilet and up through the end of the toilet and into my room and crawl into my bed and bite me. Unless you put a screen at the top of those two-inch fence at the top of your house. But otherwise, who would want to do that? I had people come into my office and sit in my chair, grasping their heads in utter shock and horror. 
wondering how it could happen to them. Repeating over and over again, how did this happen? Preacher, I've heard this dozens of times. Preacher, how? I never thought this would happen to me. What went wrong? The truth is, you went wrong. They went wrong. They ignored the serious warnings that had been given them and were given them by not just me, but by other brothers, other sisters in Christ. They walked away from reading their Bible seriously. They didn't think they had to read it. They thought the old preacher was overkill about it. Well, I don't have to read it through once a year. Brother, you need, it through, you need to read it through more than once a year. And everybody said, that's minimum. Don't go to God and say, well, I did the minimum. Amen. Don't do the minimum. Uh, you, you maybe didn't take uh, seriously the sermons that you listened to or didn't take seriously obeying what you read in the book. Well, that's good. I don't have to do that. I can, I can, I can run around the edges. You thought uh, it wasn't going to be you. But that's our pride that does that, that thinks it's going to be the other guy. It's not going to be you. You just weren't convinced that you needed all the safeguards that the Bible talked about, that you didn't need them. Now, Moon, he needs them. He needs to put them up. Brother, brother, brother Adam, you need them. But not me, right? Not me. I don't need them. And I guess that got into the study where I'm going to go tonight. That was the introduction. But I got into the study about it is better to avoid temptation than to resist it. It's better to avoid temptation than to resist it. We're told in the Bible to avoid evil. In the text verse, Proverbs 4.15, avoid the way of evil men. Avoid it, pass not by it, turn from it, pass away. It is clear, is it, it's clear enough, right? It's clear enough. Um, what it does not say in that passage of Proverbs 4.15, and which, by the way, agrees with the whole teaching, and I'll go over it before we're out of here, the whole teaching on this area of temptation uh, is what Proverbs 4.15 says agrees with the whole underlying message of God when it comes to temptation in your life. Uh, what it does not say is get as close to the evil as possible, but don't do it. Now, that's where many people dwell. If, okay, this is wrong, but I'm going to get right up down beside it, just at the edge, but I don't want to step over now, that's not the spirit of the Bible. That's not the spirit of the Bible. The spirit of the Bible says to avoid it, not hang around it, not chum with it, not to infiltrate it, but to do what? Avoid it, to avoid it. We're to be consistent. 1 Corinthians chapter 7, verse 2 says, nevertheless, to avoid fornication. Let every man have his own wife and let every woman have her own husband. That's an impetus to be married. God knows you better than you know you. How many said amen to that? Man, if you think you know you better than God knows you, you're in bad shape. God knows you. He knows us men pretty. He knows men really, really well. And he knows how we are. Now, People in this, you come to this situation where, and, and the people say, yeah, but I know so-and-so, he was, yeah. 
You can quote the exceptions all you want while the majority goes to hell. But I'm not looking at the few exceptions of what the Bible talks about. We're talking about the majority is what this book's talking about. The principles are dealing with the majority out there. And so let every man have his own wife. One of the purposes of marriage is to do what? Avoid immorality. The word fornication is the Greek word pornea. It's the root of it. It just means all sorts of sexual activity. It has an extremely wide and long and deep meaning. It's not just one act. or It can be appearing naked in public. That's, that's fornication. Uh, it could be having your picture in a magazine. That's fornication. It could be all kinds of, of various things that, that people want to categorize. Well, and I'm going to tell you what's happening across our country and what's happening across our, our high schools is high schoolers and young people are defining a, a sexual immorality, what the Bible calls fornication, as just one act, the act that makes babies. Otherwise, all the rest of that's not, it's not bad. That's just what people do. Wrong. I always tell them, if, you can, if the Bible of Jesus said, if you can look on a woman and lust after her and commit adultery in your heart, how much worse is it when you touch them? Touch them anywhere. If you have those thoughts. And if you're having those, if the, if the touch is following an, an impulse. So, the Bible says to avoid temptation, avoid fornication. It's, we're supposed to, uh, 2 Timothy 2.23, it says, avoid, to the foolish and unlearned questions, avoid. Avoid them. Don't start down the road. We used to Bob Jones. When I went to Bob Jones, they made a, they made a rule. They made a lot of rules, and they were all good. Really, as far as I know, they were all good. Easy to obey. One of them was, you're not to argue about Calvinism. You're not to discuss it, not to be talking about it. We don't want to hear it on campus. Why? It's not solvable. You, you, you can debate who God is, which you're not, you don't have the brain to figure out. Are you, are you with me? I don't think we can figure God out. Not every little jot and tittle. We're not going to know. What we know about God is what he wants us to know about him and what we need to know about him. And some of the things that he has told us about himself sat back that looks like it's contradictory. You have a free will, yet you were chosen. How can those two meet? Well, it's been said if you stood on a railroad track and you look down the railroad, those two rails, they eventually merge together in the horizon. They really don't. But it looks like they do. And so somehow or another, some of those thoughts in the Bible, I can't even fully and totally explain to you, but I can tell you that, in, that it makes perfect sense because God is God and I'm who I am, and I don't have to have it all figured out. I just trust him. I believe I got a big God. I believe I got the eyes worship the God and serve the God that created everything out there. I mean, microbiology as well as, as the anatomy of the human body, the, 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 the makeup of the retina, and all of the complexities out there. And there's, how about a single cell, which uh, the, the, the guy that invented, the guy that came up with evolution and propagated it, was, said was the simplest organism, a cell. Are you kidding me? They've learned that a cell is one of the most complex organisms out there. Got 250 plus amino acids that have to be lined up in order for there to be life. Now, 253, I couldn't line 253 things up in order. I mean, it wouldn't be easy. And yet, God does that just like this all the time. 
Our God is a our God is a great God. He's a He's a mag, magnificent God. He's a creator of all. I don't my mind don't have to understand everything about Him. People say, explain to me the Trinity. Don't have to. The Bible states it. It's there. I just believe it. Explain to me the Virgin Birth. I don't have to. Bible says it. I just believe it. It happened. Go down the road. Bible says 1 Corinthians 6.18, flee fornication. 1 Corinthians 10.14, flee from idolatry. 2 Timothy 2.22, flee youthful lusts. I just believe that when he says you're to flee. Now, what's the word flee mean? That's like, that's like uh, if I took a, a, a four-foot diamond back and I had him by the tail and I chucked him out into the audience, your side, I'm going to chuck him out into your side, I think there would be a fleeing on that side of the auditorium, don't you? When that old big old boy started going through the air like this, they'd already start parting it. And then, and, and, oh, God forbid it if it ever hit on you. And, and you'd, be, you'd hear some screaming and some yelling and some fleeing. That's the word meaning. We're to flee like we're in a fire. Like if somebody said, if you saw deep smoke coming out from that painting back there, uh, for the Walling's painting caught on fire, uh, and, and beside he would be going this way, the rest of us would be going that way. We love his painting, but we don't love it that much. You know? But, I mean, you know, you, you, I wouldn't have to coax you to get out of here. If, if, if you really thought that there was a life-threatening fire going on, you'd flee, wouldn't you? Flee from the appearance of evil. Don't put it on the TV. Flee from the appearance of evil. Don't put it on your phone. Flee. From the appearance of evil. Abstain from evil. Avoid evil. Don't pass by evil. It's a whole lot easier just to stay away from it than it is to deal with it. You know what I'm trying to say? It's a whole lot easier. If you can't be trusted with your computer and you failed over and over on your computer, the choices are pretty simple. You have to get away from it. Avoid it. You have to get rid of it. You have to delete it. You have to live in the Stone Age. You have to not have it. If phones, if, if phones are leading you to watch pornography, folks, get rid of your phone. Get you one of them flip phones that Brother Tom uses. It does no texting, barely talks. Has real big numbers. Let me try to make this practical because they taught us about Jones. If you preach a sermon and you don't apply it, you might as well not preach it. And I believe that to be true. Paul did it. Other people in the Bible did it. Peter did it. All the apostles, when they preached, they'd preach doctrine, and then they'd go, here's what it means to you. Well, here's what it means to you. Avoid or flee from going to the beach where there's teeny-weeny yellow polka-dotted bikinis. You will live without going to the beach. I'm talking about a beach populated by a lot of people. There's a lot of private places that you can get on the beach. Uh, there's people actually in our church live on the beach. It'll let you come by the beach uh, by their house. They'll, they'll let you go to their house. They have an absolute private portion of the beach in front of their house. Nobody, you know, they walk through sometimes, but not much. Uh, my wife and I, years ago, when we moved down here, we would go to New Pass. The New Pass was deserted. It was like nobody was there. We'd like little Troy out there to New Pass. I'd do some fishing. And, and uh, they'd play, he'd play in the sand, eat sand. I don't know how kids eat sand. It must be good for their fiber content. But anyway, uh, I didn't get to change the diaper, but 
He would eat sand by him. He would put his hand as the sand. I just don't know how, you know. Maybe he explains he has good teeth. But um, we would try to avoid where the people were. I started, I quit going to the mall years ago. It saved me a lot of money. But I quit going to the mall years ago. Why? You all men know exactly why I don't go to the mall. Because of the teeny weeny yellow polka dotted bikini. They were in public. They walked down the road. I mean, um, I can't watch girls volleyball. I don't watch girls. I can. I can watch girls volleyball. I, I avoid watching girls volleyball. Tell me why. The girls are in here going, I don't know why you don't watch girls volleyball. All you men know why I don't watch girls volleyball. Every one of you know. Every one of you has got any, any testosterone left. God forbid what those girls don't wear. And, and, and the Olympics. I tried to watch a little of the Olympics. I didn't know our whole Olympic team was in a bikini. I didn't know the contest. I didn't know it made you a better runner if you were naked. I know the original ones were that way in Greece. I know the original, they say the original ones in Greece, they were naked. But we're following in that tradition. I told my wife, Joe, what is going on here, man? I just know myself well enough. That I don't want to catch myself looking on them girls in any way lusting or entertaining it. In fact, the Bible says stay away from evil to the place where you flee, where you avoid it, because I don't want to have to sit there and wrestle with it resisting it bothers me. It makes me tired. Uh, going to public places where you where you know you're going to be brought under a lot of different temptation, that's wearisome. Man, I walk away exhausted almost. I'm exhausted. Am I alone here tonight? I feel lonely. I feel very lonely tonight. Avoid getting too friendly with the opposite sex. I wish I could be friendlier, but I can't. I recommend heavily among young adults that you don't get too chummy with each other. You keep a professional distance from each other. You don't go over to each other's house every Tuesday and Friday to play games till midnight. Don't do it. Don't get to know people that way. Familiarity breeds what? I guarantee you it'll breed it. And, and then that's going to breed sin. Things have happened that I never thought in my life would ever happen. But it was because they didn't avoid. They didn't obey the book. They didn't do what it said. Avoid getting too friendly. Avoid long-term. Now, I'm not talking about being unfriendly. I'm not talking about being uh, not gracious. I'm not talking about not, not, not doing normal. But I'm talking about deep, long, tight families getting together. Too many times swapping of mates happens. And tragedy and division take place. Avoid wearing anything that will cause someone to lust upon you. What does that mean, Brother Bill? Ladies, here's what it means. Mostly for ladies, because men are sight-oriented. Women are not so, but they are some, but they're not so much. Um, avoid shrink wrap. 
You know, I think some women put the clothes on. There's a there's a two two heating elements at their door, and they walk through the heating elements, and it just goes. <laughs> and they look in the mirror and go, "Yeah, that's it. That's a head turner there. Oh yeah, yeah, head turner." Avoid, God forbid, avoid too low. Please, I do not want to see you. Avoid too high. Again, I don't want to see you. Avoid too thin. I'm not talking about your weight. Because that would be just a, such a small minority, there would be nobody to preach to here. But I'm talking about that cloth that is like spandex that hugs you. Uh, I think they call them leggings. Leggings are not pants. They're not meant to be worn in public ever. Ever! Where there's man. Ever! Where there's man. Ever! Where there's man. Ever! I'll guarantee you God's going to call you on it. He'll hold you for tempting people. Well, he don't have to look. No, he don't have to, but you don't have to wear that either. Wear something over. Right? I mean, I'm not saying going around looking like uh, a pilgrim. Don't wear anything that highlights your body parts that normally would entice lust. Avoid, flee things that tempt you. Be real about it. Uh, be honest with yourself. Ask friends if they struggle with the same stuff you struggle with. Make yourself accountable to one or two people that are pretty close to you that are going to hold you accountable, that won't let you go down the road without at least grabbing you and shaking you and say, hey, brother, you're going the wrong way here, man. Don't go that way. Confess your faults. Continue. Don't, don't portray yourself to be more than you are. Seek positive encouragement. Just some common sense things. Avoid, flee anything that will impair your judgment on temptation. And I'll tell you what, the Bible says to be filled with the Spirit, not the spirits. I can't tell you how much damage the drug, and let me call it what it is, the drug of alcohol has done to Christians, to their families, to their children to the church, to Jesus' reputation. The Bible talks about John the Baptist, says he shall be great in the sight of the Lord, he shall neither drink wine nor strong drink, but shall be filled with the Holy Ghost even from his mother's womb. The Old Testament kings and priests were to avoid alcohol while in service in Proverbs 31, 4-5. Aaron said, Do not drink wine nor strong drink, thou nor thy sons or, or with thee when thou, when thou goest into the temple of the congregation. Why do you think he was told that? Because it changes your judgment. It changes your, even a glass of wine changes your judgment. Softens it. Makes some people real friendly where they weren't before. It gets them in trouble. I, Deuteronomy 29.6 says, You have not eaten bread, neither have you drunk wine or strong drink, that you might know that I am the Lord your God. That was the 40 years of wandering, he told them. For the 40 years he wandered, he took alcohol away from them. 
He said, there's 40 years you got no alcohol among you that you may know me. Samson was commanded to avoid alcohol. The priests were told not to drink. You can look up every verse in the Bible on alcohol, and you're going to find there are three verses that deal positively with it, and all of the rest of them deal negatively. I don't know about you, but that, that's, pretty, that's pretty serious, right? I believe alcohol can be used medicinally. The problem is the alcoholic has a serious medicinal problem. He just can't seem to get enough alcohol to chase it away. I just can't warn you enough tonight about avoiding alcohol, avoiding addiction, avoiding opiates. I've never taken an opiate in my life. Not because I didn't have gout for 24 years. You don't know how painful I have had it. You, know, you wouldn't know. It's not possible for you to know. How I couldn't put my foot on the floor. It was just like a... Somebody taking a pick right up through your heel. And how many times I thought, man, I need a little relief. Then I got to think, I'm not going to do it. You know why? Because I didn't even want to fight it. If I avoid it, I'm not, gonna, now I'm not saying someday down the road, I'm not going to be so desperate I may take it. But brother, if I start taking opiate, I'm going to get accountable to somebody. Leading drug addiction in the United States of America right now is opiates. Prescribed opiates. And then alcohol, add that too. Those are things that make you struggle with temptation. When people drink, it changes them. Uh, I know my mother used to be so proud. She said, son, if you don't drink, you'll never be addicted. She said, if you don't drink, you're never going to get a DUI driving under the influence. If you don't drink, you're never going to say crazy stuff to people around you and do crazy stuff to people around you uh, because you were under some sort of influence. You know what I mean? And, we, and people that drink, you know what I'm talking about. You drink, you get real stupid. I mean, your mouth gets opened up. People that are quiet become mouthy. Sometimes people that are mouthy get quiet. Uh, but, but overall, alcohol, I had a grandfather, he got as mean as a junkyard dog when he drank. Man, oh man, beat his wife and broke stuff up and, you know, uh, shot in the house and did all kinds of crazy stuff. All alcohol, all alcohol. Without alcohol, he was a reasonable, upstanding individual. You'll never get arrested for being publicly intoxicated if you don't drink. You will never say these mean, horrible things. You'll never commit crime. Oh, and I'm not saying you won't commit crime, but 65%, this comes directly from our sheriff department, 65% of all crime in Lee County is directly related to drugs and alcohol, alcohol being a majority of it. You can take your motorcycle. How many here have taken a motorcycle license test? How many here have your test? You know that it says in that book that 65% of all deaths in motorcycles were caused from the riders and alcohol. So when I decided to have a motorcycle and not drink, the odds went in my favor of not getting killed or not having a trouble. It's bad enough riding a motorcycle, but then you ride a motorcycle a little inebriated, woo! And many of those accidents you hear about motorcycles, there's been drinking involved. There's been impairment of judgment involved, and you, you don't necessarily read about it. Man, 
The majority, do you know half of the traffic fatalities in the United States of America is directly related to alcohol? You know what? I think it's worse than smoking. If they, if, if you let me be king for a day, I would ban alcohol in America. I'd rather have people smoking any day than drinking alcohol. If I had to have a choice, smoking or drinking alcohol, I'd say let them smoke, let them smoke, but don't let them drink the alcohol. Get rid of it. Man, I, I know what you're going to say, preacher. Man, you're living in the wrong century. Prohibition was in the 20s. But the Bible says to avoid temptation, turn from it, pass not by it. And what is that? That's not going someplace where you know may, and, and, and in many times very likely is going to cause you to do something that will dishonor God and cause consequences to roll in your life. It's a whole lot better in your Christian experience to begin to avoid temptation. Avoid it rather than get right with it and begin to grapple and resist hand-to-hand -hand combat. I don't want to get that way. I don't want the girl coming up to me and making me an offer. I want to stay so far away from that that I never have to think in that line. You with me? Anybody here? You know what's true. Man, we avoid all kinds of stuff. People say, well, preacher, what kind of life would you have? I'm having a pretty good life. I... I feel like my life's good. I feel like I'm not missing anything. You know, I still hear the birds singing. I see the sunset, sunrise. I mean, I saw them beautiful clouds form a mountain range over here in a few minutes ago. I don't think I'm giving up a whole lot by not going to the mall or not going to girls volleyball or that is the secular volleyball uh, or, or, or going down to a crowded beach and looking at, at the teeny weeny yellow polka dotted bikini. I don't think I'm missing anything by that. I don't think, I don't think by not by not watching uh, a bunch of crud on my TV. Uh, I don't have cable. I just got a couple of ears. I get five channels most of the time. I don't think I'm missing a thing with that. Why, you guys, we normally, if a food causes an allergy, you avoid it. Amen? How many of you avoid peanuts? Peanuts. Anybody? We got any peanut allergies in this room? You know, it's amazing. You got one. It's everywhere, right? They warn you about peanuts in restaurants that you go in, and there's only one person in this whole room who's got a peanut allergy. That's it? One, two, got three, got three, got three. Peanuts are a migraine trigger with me. I can tell you right now, I quit peanuts years ago. Uh, I quit, I avoid heartburn. I know certain things I eat. My wife, and I'm going to I shouldn't probably do this because you girls just love this one. I haven't, but my wife has certain issues with certain foods. And if she eats them, brother, she is up all the night walking around. And I got the, I, this is the rub right here. That's because there's fire right there. There's fire right there. She's like, oh, you know, I shouldn't have eaten that. I shouldn't have eaten that. I shouldn't have eaten that. Avoid it. Don't pass. You, you do it all the time. Uh, you, you get things that upset your stomach, you stay away from them. Uh, uh, 
you, you, uh, if something causes you pain, you probably try to stay away from them. Uh, it's like going to the doctor and say, doctor, every time I push on that right there, it hurts. And he says, well, quit pushing on that. You, you, you avoid poverty by working. One thing that drives me to work is I don't want to be in poverty. I don't want to have the consequences of a failure, and so you avoid the areas that you know you're already weak in. Stay, look, give it up. Do whatever you got to do. Get rid of it. Give it up. Move away from it. That is the Bible's teaching on temptation. Don't see how close you can get to temptation. Don't do it. Don't do it. Man, oh man. I had girls tell me, women, 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 strange women, in the biblical sense, tell me that if they heard a certain rock song, that it made them vulnerable to immorality. That's how powerful music is. I can tell you one thing. Stay away from it. Stay away from those songs. Stay away from that kind of music that would make you weak in an area. Uh, uh, certain places entice you. Uh, I can tell you one thing. Do not go to Twin Peaks. I'm not going to ask for a show of hands here tonight. Because I don't want you to lie. But Twin Peaks. My, my, that's, going, that's on Lico. We're on the corner of Lico. And Ben Hill Griffin. It's a nice place, full of people all the time. And so my wife said to me, let's, let's stop by. That's a good western place. So we stopped there. The place is full. You can't only really get it. I said, any place this full has got to be good, right? I mean, it, 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 that's, that's, that's a rule. Any place that this made cars all the time. I never go by there and just full of cars. And I thought, man, this is a place to go. So we pulled in, old preacher with his, in his truck and his wife. And she says, it's so busy, let me out at the door. And you go find a spot. I, I let her out the door. I go down. Man, I had to park way out. I know it's a lot of pickup trucks, too, for whatever that means to you. A lot of pickup trucks. Cummins diesel, blue Cummins diesel. But uh, I, I just noticed uh, 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 pickup trucks, and, and, and uh, I got out of my truck. I started walking to the place. My wife's like, she's walking out going. <laughs> she's going, no, no. No, 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 get back in the truck. Now, I don't like, you may know this, but I don't like her ordering me around. I just don't like her ordering me around. She gets into that management mode of hers, and she'll say, now just get back in the truck. I'm thinking, we're going to have it out right here. What do you mean get back in the truck? She said, look, Bill, just get back in the truck. She didn't want anybody driving through. One of my deacons driving through there and seeing me. The only trouble is if you see me there, i got to ask some questions. But it was a bad place. You know, it's a bad place. and It's, not, it's like Hooters, the same kind of deal as Hooters, maybe worse. And, uh, well, that night they were having a Victoria's Secret display. So I'm glad I didn't go. Oh, I'm such a mature Christian. I can go in there. Preacher, I can go in there. I got no problem. You are lying. Certain places that entice you, get away from certain females that attract you. Ooh, it's a good topic. Certain times, certain females just stick out to you. They attract you. 
Not all females, in your case, let's say a young guy like you, not all females are attractive to you. I'm not trying to keep you out from getting in trouble tonight, but there are certain females that specifically attract you. The devil knows that. And he, he, you verbalize it enough that he's heard it, and he knows which ones to send by, which ones not to. And so you, you're, if you want to avoid temptation, stay away from the girls that attract you. If you're going to fall in temptation with them, then stay, it just makes common sense. Stay away from them. Don't chum with them. Don't be buddies with them. Now, look, in heaven, the evil nature is going to be gone, and we're going to be able to be intimate with each other in a much greater intimacy than what we have here in, in this world. And it will be beautiful and wonderful, but we got to wait till the other side on that, to be honest with you. Certain ladies come up and want to gossip to you girls. I mean, saying mean or hurtful things to other, about, you know, it's, I don't think it's gossip to say Heather's going to have a baby. I don't think that's gossip at all. I think that's good news. And I'd like you to pass all the good news around you want to pass around. Pass all the good news you want to pass around. Call 100 women, tell them Heather's going to have a baby. Heather's going to have a baby. I don't think Heather have a problem with it. I don't think Chris have a problem with it. And I think, you know, it'll be okay. Gossip's not good news. Gossip's usually slanderous news. Things that'll hurt and demean somebody without them even being able to represent themselves. Now, somebody, if you've known a woman to do that, uh, the best thing is stay away from them. You know, tell them not to do it. Try to encourage them not to do it. But if they won't, then just stay away from them. Avoid. Don't pass by. Go the other way. Try not to get involved in it. Amen? You say, Brother Bill, this is so simple. You know, it's amazing, isn't it? It is simple. But it's God's way. But yet, I see over and over and over again people not take common sense advice of the Bible and try to get close to it and try to see how they can do it. This is the will of God, the Bible says, 1 Thessalonians 4, 3. Even your sanctification, that's your separation unto under God and away from evil. The word sanctification, big word, means the word we get our root word holy from it. Be ye holy, for I am holy. Same kind of root word. It means to be be uh, dedicated towards God and the good things, but at the same at the same time be away from evil. So when you head towards evil, you head away from God. When you head towards God, you head away from evil. Be sanctified. The Bible says, 1 Thessalonians 4, 7, For God has not called us unto uncleanness, but unto holiness. That's that sanctification word again. By the way, without holiness, no man see the Lord. Now, I'm not talking about working for your salvation. I'm talking about a salvation that's real, a salvation that works, a salvation that, that, that sanctifies, a salvation that makes you like Jesus Christ. I'm talking something real, not something theoretical, not pie in the sky. The God I serve and the God of the Bible is a God that can change you. Hey, it's beautiful. Gee, I listen to him. First Thessalonians 5.22, abstain from all appearance of evil. This may be, in many, many cases, the difference between long-term success or failure. I would rather avoid evil than resist it. I don't want to get that close. I don't want to get, I don't want to get, I don't want to have to lay up at night thinking about, I don't know, uh, 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 resist it. Yes, but better than that, avoid it. Father, help us tonight. As we go on over this simple truth of the Word of God, may it help us, may it edify us. May somebody in this room be saved from temptation. May they turn away in such a way that they will 
not fall prey to the old flesh, the world, and the devil. That they would not sow seeds of, of, uh, of, of unbelief. And Father, that you and blessed Holy Spirit and the Word of God may sanctify us and keep us even unto the day of Jesus Christ. There be one in this room without Christ tonight, doesn't know they know that they're going to heaven, doesn't they not they don't believe, they don't at least understand that their name could be written in the Lamb's Book of Life if they would by faith trust Christ. Oh Father, do your work tonight. Save some folks tonight. In Jesus' name. Amen. If you would like to know more about Jesus and the subject preached on, please contact us at gospel at mygbcs.com or call us at 239-947-1285. God bless.